Episode 1070 of Tall Can Audio, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. My name's Matt Robinson, joined as per usual for the Monday extravaganza by Rob Christie. What's going on, man? I like the little, uh, from beautiful Bytown, the bilingual Bytown, yeah. little bilingual opener there. It's a big weekend in Montreal for uh, for wrestling, man. Wrestling! Wrestling. Which... Uh, Probably won't spend a whole lot of time. Got a couple of grease pigs. We're going to have a go at it. As long as we're wrestling them. <laughs> Whatever needs to happen there. We're on social media at Talk and Audio. Let us know what you do with a grease pig. Should you come across one and uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, a couple great episodes last week. Episode 1069 with our friend, Mr. AJ Jackiebeck. Passionately, passionately ranting on, uh, on Canada soccer and everything going on there. And of course, episode 1068 with Mr. Kyle Bukoskis from Hockey Night in Canada was was a lot of fun. Good stuff coming up this week on Wednesday morning. That'll be 1071. Arden Zwelling from Sportsnet will be here. And uh, we got Jays to talk about, man. Spring is on the horizon. We will uh, we'll be watching the Blue Jays in no time. Actually, this, uh, this time next week, spring training underway. We'll be watching spring training baseball. So... Uh, Sportsnet has stepped up, be carrying a little extra of those. So finally, you'd think when you own the team and the network, you should be able to make that happen. Seems to have been a problem in the past, but they've got it under control now. So that'll be Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Claire Hanna, unable to make it last week. She will be here this week. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. So stick around for all of that. What did we just crack into there, man? That is the breakaway IPA from Brothers Brewing at a Guelph. Hmm. So uh, comes in at 5.5. I cracked that and it was a very nice, smooth, easy crack. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So far, first poll, not, not loving it. Oh, okay. It's, um, feels for a 5.5, feels a little light on the front end. Yeah. And, and a little mild on the finish, right? So in terms unsatisfactory. of- unsatisfactory. Yeah, just, it's not giving me much of anything, which is really- you know, even if it sucks, give me something, <laughs> yeah. right? This is just sort of uh, fairly pedestrian, right? And I had a Molson Canadian last night, and to me, this is in that neighborhood. Okay. That is uh, coming from Rob. Not high praise. Not high praise. So what do you got going on? I know there was lots of hammer and tong, looking at things, figuring it out. What's Matt drinking today? So uh had the opportunity on Saturday... To actually meet in person for the first time, good friend of the show, Dr. Vicky Forster was in town. Get out of here. Yeah. So, um, like a lot of people, this, uh, this show has, has met along the way through the pandemic, only met virtually up until now, right? They've always been on, on zoom or whatever that was going to look like. So yeah, she was going to be in town, asked if, uh, wanted to meet up for a pint somewhere. And, and so we did that and God love her. She brought beer with her from Toronto and, uh. God, not, not so loving me. I, I had not brought anything. <laughs> so, so you always feel good about that moment. Uh, we hadn't talked about it or whatever, but she was obviously just uh, far more thoughtful, man. And that should be surprising to almost nobody. Uh, so she brought some things from the Folly Brew Pub down in Toronto. And I don't think I've ever had anything. I've never heard of it. Yeah. So 
Uh, three out of the four beers she brought me were uh, were all in bottles that uh, you know I, I cracked before the show. Wanted to get poured up nicely. You know how that goes. This is a stout. It's called Darkness, My Desire. And the concerning part about it is when I went to look it up and, and learn a little more about it on uh, Untapped, it said uh, 0.0% ABV, which wasn't really, Woo! wasn't really what I was looking for. And uh, so I went to check out the uh, Folly Brew Pub website, which was lacking a lot of things. So I don't know a lot about this beer. Uh, I can tell though, on the first few pulls, it's not a 0.0%. It's probably in the neighborhood of a six or a seven. Okay. But, uh, I can't swear to that, but it is, it's, it's nice and dark. It's, it's very roasty, which I like. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, enjoying this one. And, uh, she's got a couple more for me that we'll get to in, in future episodes, but yeah, that was pretty cool, man. To, to meet up with someone who's contributed quite a few times now to yeah. the podcast and, and actually be able to put a a face to the voice kind of thing. And, and so that was awesome. Well, and she's one of the people who, who have come to the pod during a time of great need, mm-hmm. right? In terms of we weren't doing in-studio stuff and you're looking for, for ways to sort of widen the horizons of, of the pod. And she was there for, a, on a variety of fronts, right? Mm-hmm. Loves beer, has a medical, has a medical side. Yep. So able to bring a bunch of things at a very crucial time and it sort of stuck around. And so, yeah, yeah pretty cool. So that was awesome. It was uh, great to see her. Appreciate the beer. So we'll, we'll get to some of that. And, uh, we actually met up at, uh, beyond the pale. Nice. So picked up a couple things there as well. Which, uh, uh, when you said the darkness, I'm like the yeah. darkness, we have already had some of that gorgeousness, <laughs> so. which is the beyond the pale stout, right? Yep. And it is uh, very nice. They have a couple other stouts uh, on right now, seasonals that I grabbed while I was there. So we'll get to those in, uh, in future episodes. This of course was uh, darkness. My desire. And did you happen to see the darkerness? Was that still there? Uh, I don't believe it was on tap yesterday oh, okay. or on, available yesterday. But yeah, they the, have done that. The yeah. Imperial, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was awesome, man. Not a bad way to spend the weekend. I know you You also had uh, had weekend plans that, that took you out of town. This time, of oh, course, returned in time to record. Super on Sunday, exotic, but, uh, Matt. Yeah, yeah. To the gorgeousness of... Belle Vegas, baby! Yeah. Down to Belleville to see a little Belleville Senator's... Laval Rocket, which nice. I think is one of 12 times a year that they play. <laughs> um, but my dad, who's who's in Peterborough and fancies himself to be the uh, freelance uh, Ottawa Senators AHL scout, right? He he makes it down. It's about an Do hour. Do better, man. Do better. It's about an hour <laughs> from Peterborough to Belleville, and he likes to come down. He'll get a show up on a weekend when there's a Friday and a Saturday game. He'll stay overnight, and he'll wander around, but... So we're sitting up in his seats, right? He likes to sit near where uh, the actual scouts sit. So Sweet Arena, the CAA Arena, the, all the, we used to be the Yardmen, I believe, yep. in, in, in Belleville. They've done, it's a great, it has real, it's about 7,000 seats, I think. Has a real junior feel, but man, you are close to the ice. <laughs> it is, it's dynamite. Well, so for those who don't know, it also used to have an Olympic size uh, ice, ice pad, pad or ice surface, yeah. And you could really only sit on one side. The other side was just a big wall, right? It was a very strange place to see a game. Uh, but when they got the uh, AHL team, renovated a bunch of things, fixed it all up, modernized it, changed the uh, the surface of the ice pad. And by all accounts, yeah, really nice place to see a hockey game. So I was very clearly on the new renovated side. So it's it's steep. It's quite steep there on that side. And 
It's great. It's a great place to see a game. I, 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 it was maybe half full, and I don't know why for the price of the ticket and the quality of the hockey, and that you're not, you're not filling that barn all the time. Hmm. Anyways, we're sitting there, <laughs> and uh, as I said, the, the scouts are about a half a section over, and my lovely partner goes, I'm pretty sure that's Todd White. Hmm who is the pro scout, one of the pro scouts for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right. So my dad is always saying, yeah, I wander over and I talk to the scouts. I pick their brains. And I'm like, yeah, dad, do you think they love that? <laughs> Late seventies guy wandering over. Hey, what's good? What are you looking at? Who are you here for? What's up? And he's like, yeah, in the past I've talked to Columbus scouts and Nashville scouts. And I'm like, Columbus scouts, eh? Anyways. <laughs> yeah. My partner goes, I'm pretty sure that's Todd White. Although he looks like retirement has... <laughs> He's enjoyed retirement? Yes. Yes, yes Matt. That's yeah. where we're going All with right. this. All Anyways, right. and my dad's like, are you sure? He's like, that does not look like him. And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, no, I'm pretty sure that's him. Although he looks like a couple belt loops have been expanded <laughs> and maybe he should have paid for two seats. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's harsh. Yeah. But women can be harsh. And so <laughs> this went on for about two periods. Is it? Is it not? Is it? And I'm like, you know what? There's only one way to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, let's just go ask him. Nope. Oh. I leaned back and went, Whitey! <laughs> and so he, he turns and looks. And as he looks, I'm looking in the opposite direction. <laughs> and the other three people I'm with are all looking at him. And they're like, oh my God, he's looking at us. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, he totally looked over here like, yeah, what? So yeah, yeah. anyways, that was, uh, we've now been outed. Right. Yeah. But uh, you didn't go talk to him for the pod. Hold the phone up and and get a little interview. Nah, he, I'm sure he'd come on. I could. We, we're buddies now. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. And so, it sounds like your dad knows him quite well. Yeah. So didn't this, know his name. But. So this is it. And it was. Uh, but it was interesting be, beyond the Todd White experience. Um, just yelling at people <laughs> in arenas. That's, we call that the Rob Christie yeah, experience. We, <laughs> we certainly do. Um, man, the game went to overtime and. The AHL, very good hockey. Like you, there is some really good play down there. Man, the A, the AHL overtime, the three on three, mm-hmm. it's scrambly, man. In, ter- <laughs> in terms of what we're used to and watching, and you're like, man, there's a lot of play to the outsides, guys fumbling pucks as they come across, and it just it looked like a really bad power play, kind of. You're like, mm-hmm. do you know what you're doing? No, or I'd be in the show. Yeah, exactly. I would not be here. <laughs> Anyways, they uh, another interesting thing, the goal song, the Belleville Senators goal song. So Song three by Blur. Yeah. Yeah. So song two, you know, in Holland Oats in Toronto, <laughs> House of Pain in Pittsburgh, right? You have little Pantera, I believe down in Dallas, right? You have, yeah. you got all these things going on. Chicago, of course, with their, uh. Chelsea Dagger yep. by the Fratellis. Yep. Um, they play Still Dre. Really? Blink, 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 blink. Yeah. It's, and it's really. It's odd. It's a mellow tune. Like, cause they're obviously not playing the lyrics. No. Cause every second word is the N word or the F word. <laughs> and so you're like, but it's just well, that. You must be new to Belleville. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, I have kicked around now. I, I am now. Yeah. Yeah. The two ladies I'm traveling with are like, this is a dump. What a, <laughs> what a 
what dump Belleville is. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Churning out great broadcasters. Yeah, like, 100%, tell you that. man. And he, and he, was, he was doing a little in, uh, you know, intermissions, pregame, on the, on the big. I meant me. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of I was thinking of our buddy Footy. Footy. Yeah. And so he's there present. Yes, of course. You as a good loyalist grad. Of course. Um anyways, good night, good times. I did they, they all they had was Coors Light or Molson Canadian. <laughs> and so after the cheap ass Belleville buffet, because I couldn't get into the shoeless Joe's, <laughs> uh, I needed a couple drinks. Um so yeah, that's all they had, man. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. There's got to be something. There has to be something here. You're on the edge of wine and craft beer country in Prince Edward County. So I don't know what's happening here, but a couple of John Molson's finest. And it's, it's a steep edge is the thing that's happening. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. clearly you hit Gananoque or whatever yeah. it is and it goes, bah, yeah. done. Yep. That's but it, I'm, But I'm home. And so uh, back in town, we'll see if I've, you know, contracted any kind of, you know. <laughs> As Ted Nugent would say, he jumped off the seat and he grabbed my meat. I have no idea what's <laughs> happening there. Oh my god, <laughs> Ted Nugent, man, Ted, it's a it's a direct quote. All right, it's not not, me. not super familiar <laughs> with that particular <laughs> lyric from <laughs> Ted Nugent. You don't need to be really. That's <laughs> I think that's it. But I'm happy to be back in Ottawa. Sure. Civilization, wandering through the wilderness of give the meat a scrape when I get home. Send a wire brush and some <laughs> Javex. All right, well. That's Belleville, man. You've had it. You've lived it. Central Ontario. I love it. Who doesn't love that? Yeah. Back to back to our roots, Matt. Our roots. Is Belleville, really? That we're counting that as Central Ontario? Yep. On an east-west front, I guess so. I always think of it as more of a, you know, we talk about Southern Ontario, Northern Ontario, and that's always how I've looped in. Yeah. I wouldn't call Central. it Eastern. I'd say anything Kingston and East is Eastern Ontario. I think Belleville makes it firmly into Central Ontario. I always think a bit North of that, right? Maybe... You're, you know, Peterborough to me is like the heart of central Ontario. It's the heart. It's God's country, man. (laughs) You know, that's true. Yeah. God's long forgotten Peterborough. That's true, man. It it is forsaken. (laughs) Uh, On this weekend, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, 2013. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Scotty Tournament of Hearts. (laughs) Matt Duchesne goes. Don't know that Steve Duchesne, sorry. Goes a wee bit. Offside. Oh, Christ. And we overreact in a very big way. <laughs> Continually and still to this day. Um, this is, of course, the famous, uh, he's got to be 10 feet offside. This isn't one of those, there was no replay yet, but there's no chance that, was well, his blade still, no, this guy is between the face-off dots on his yeah. way in. And this seems to be the one that became the poster child that we would bring in instant replay for starting with offsides and then all kinds of shit afterwards, right? That you could review, review just about anything. And I just wonder in kind of a general sense, did we overdo it? Would the sport be better off without it? And and we talk about this all the time around the NFL, especially like they seem to do a better job of getting it right in the NFL all the time, but it stops all the time, but it's a stop start sport is a, an interesting point that I hadn't really been reminded of until recently. Someone was talking about like the, you stop all the time in the NFL anyway. Is it that much more noticeable? Whereas in the NHL, you might play two minutes in the offensive zone, having entered offside and we're going to wind it back eventually and, and look at it. And they're going to stand in the penalty box for two or three minutes, checking it out. Would you prefer 
knowing what we know now after having done this for 10 years, that we were still just flying by the seat of our pants like we used to with the human error or are we better off now? Well, and, and that is the two arguments, right? People are like, this is a game officiated by humans. Let's let it go, right? That's – and and I, I lean more that way. And then there's the other side saying, well, why don't we get it right? If we can get it right, we have the technology to get it right. Shouldn't we want to get it right? And then I'm like, well, maybe that makes sense, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Well, what is Rob like? Oh, can I have both? <laughs> And so it, it really comes down to it. Even if the if the call breaks my way in terms of the team I'm cheering for, I know if I look at it and go, "Yeah, his skate is off the ice, but it's still above," and you're like, "This did not impact." That's the bullshit. Play. <laughs> yeah, it's absolute bullshit. Because it's one of those things where you know, yeah, okay, it's gonna it's gonna break my way today, but yep, it's gonna break away from me some other time too, right? So I would rather offside. Go back. Yeah. Go back to just the linesman. Like, if the linesman misses that, we're talking about 10, not even 10 centimeters. We're talking about. Yeah. The Matt Duchesne thing where you're 10 feet offside. Yeah. That's Happened how many times? fucking rare. Yeah, right? this is it. And so I don't want to, to me, we don't need to make any knee jerk reactions that go completely the other way. Because as you've said, right, you've now cycled in the zone for 35, 40 seconds, and it, the buck goes in, the, the the 10 centimeter offside did not lead directly to that goal. Right. So uh, I'd, I'd much rather see them fix the goalie interference, pucks kicked <laughs> into, the, yeah. into the net, like yeah. that kind of shit that leads directly to. Well, and the other thing that, that with all of these, the goalie interference ones, the offside ones, is... How many times can you be burned by it, right? Like there are people out there who hold their cheer. Like that goes yeah. in and you're, yeah, and you're like, well, wait and see. And then afterwards, like the buzz is, they, your your team, if you're the home team, probably hits the horn again after it's confirmed. You're just like, all right, I'm over it, right? Like yeah. it's taken something. I'm not some trained chimp. I'm not going <laughs> to cheer now four minutes later. I don't know if this goal is going to count. There's too many being called back. I'm, I'm not going to. You know, like it takes some of the fun out of it too that I, I don't know. I, I still, I, I like the idea that when you have the technology, I think we're not far away from doing the chip thing, right? Yep. And there won't need Without to be. Without compromising the buck. Right. And we won't do, at that point, you won't need a replay. It'll just, I don't know, flash a light or something if it's off. Like, I, I think this will become far easier. Um, Like tennis obviously was way out in front on this and has Hawkeye. had that, yeah, that system in forever now. And it's, it's great. There's nothing to argue. And it's become part of the sport. Like people wait to see on the screen, you know, where's on the artificial line, right. That they put up there on the re like, does it come down in or out? And you ah, right? like it's, yeah. it's, it's almost become part of it. I think we'll get there in hockey, but right now we kind of have this mutant. It's, it's, it's human done, but the robot will second guess or the cameras will second guess. And then the human gets to check it. It's kind of a mess right now. So I was at a live game last night. Are you a, and I think I know the answer, but for the good listener, someone at a live event, your team scores, you stand up and stand up and clap guy. You sit down and clap guy. Depends how important this moment was, right? Like I think when you and I went to see Jay's Rays in May or April or whatever it April, was, in a half, like in a 12,000 people there, 
I doubt I was a jump up for a home run. Like you I were, don't. You were trying to fight guy with ten year old kid there with him. Guy, well, the guy had it coming. And yeah. Stupid kid too. <laughs> um, at that time, I'm probably not jumping up. Right? Had I been there for a playoff game, you know, or and something big happens, I probably am a holy shit. Right? Like been to a bunch of Leaf games. There are goals where. This doesn't matter, right? It's and other goals where you're like, "Holy shit, this does matter!" And you kind of jump off. Like it, to me, it's a. So what if you're at Maple Leaf Gardens and it's you and seven Senators fans, and it's an Ottawa Toronto game, and it's now five one Toronto? Are you are you getting up for every one of those? You bring this story up like every three shows. <laughs> are you getting up for for every one of those? This is at you. Maple I'm Leaf about. Gardens. Yeah, you're the you're the Leaf fan. I understand. Yeah, this is you. This is <laughs> no, no. That, that was me. Yes. at the CTC. I know. But you're getting up to cheer for every one of those. Yeah, I, I, what are we doing here, man? Where are you trying to take me? This is no. I'm just I, saying it is the whole thing of yeah. You want to cheer in in the moment. You want you don't want to have the patron go. Do I cheer now? Do I get excited about this? Yeah, if I jump up and cheer now, and ah, uh, they're see they're talking, and now they're skating and over to the penalty box. Like, oh, all right, fuck. Well, well, this is, this is what I. This was my point. I right? know what's your point, okay. and, and that's but that's exactly what I'm saying is <laughs> is you don't want to do anything that is going to impact. Like, how many times do I jump up at home? Uh, Olympic gold medal winning yes. games, right. um, like really, but. Beyond that, that can count on one hand the number yes. of times I've jumped up at home. But the numbers that, of times that I've got up out of my seat in a live event, like twice last night. Right. Late tire. And I've had a few. Overtime winner, you know. But It helps. Yeah. But you don't want to ruin no. the in-house live effect where people are like, I'm, fuck, what is happening? Right. I'm not even bothering because I even thought that might be offside, but it went in and like, it's stupid things like that, right? Where I don't want to be constantly second guessing every time a puck goes in that I don't know man to me there's there's just a bit of a mess here that they and that's not the that should never be the intent no and I just part of what you're asking me is is personality based I don't begrudge anybody else jumping up having a good time that's right. just probably not me well see so. <laughs> if, if I'm but if I'm at a live event I get up and I cheer every right every hometown goal right so I'll pick my spots Yep, I know, yeah, but you are a little more... Morose, I believe, is the term we like. I was going to go with reserved. Okay, well, that, that'll that work. But in terms of, you you are a guy who loves to go to a live event. 100%. Yeah. yeah. More Doesn't than, mean I'm not having a good time, but I'm maybe not jump up For and down. sure, and that's what I'm saying. So more than me, you are more likely to seek out. So you are a guy who loves to go, but doesn't always embrace all of the yep. in-house. And so... That's why I asked the question. And right. so, but to me, that is part of the in-house thing is you're enjoying it with like-minded people. You're, you're in a, a large group and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Right. And so. I'm the guy who's likely slinking out to the aisle and down to the beer stand while the people I'm with are trying to get on yeah. the 
the, the jumbotron the or jumbo. on the camera. Exactly. Like, I got I got to get out of here for a minute. <laughs> you let me know when you're done. There's dancing <laughs> happening here. Yeah. I'm a little. I got I'm, I got my floss down. Make some noise. We'll throw you a t-shirt. I'm like I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy either. I am absolutely. Not. But I am the guy who likes to when they bring on the air guitar thing or the air or the air drums. Right. I'm giving her. Yeah. My best Phil Collins. Right. I'm, go, I'm going across the big set and I'm hitting the. You know, I'm the, the symbol at the end, right? We're Hitting my big set. Hi hats. Yeah, I'm doing it, man. I get that. I am that guy. Yeah, okay. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about, um, I thought it was interesting that uh, Charles Barkley last week before the NBA All-Star weekend. and The and, round mound of rebound? Yes. And actually, did we not? I think this might be the, oh no, I was going to say this is the second straight week we've talked about Charles Barkley, but uh, that was with Kyle Bukoskis last week. Because, of course, Kyle had that run-in with him where uh, Charles <laughs> called him. Uh, what he, he said, uh, you might be the Canadian Tom Brady. Your hair is is terrific or whatever. Oh, I, I see. And I, I, I didn't hear the show with Kyle. I, I meant to check it out. Yeah. But Kyle Bukoskis and Charles Barkley seems like an, Just an odd. It's an odd combo yeah. of of things, right? You just don't. That's one of those things where you're like, uh, Probably not. I don't know. So Charles was in Utah before the uh, NBA All-Star weekend. Which, As we all yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. It's like when we host the NHL All-Star game in Winnipeg, I think is the equivalent, which I don't know. Maybe down the road. We'll see. I don't uh, know, man. That's a shot. Yeah, well, fuck Winnipeg. That's... Okay. Randy Get Carlisle. an airport. Christ's sake. <laughs> Charles Barkley was uh, interviewed and it wasn't on his usual panel. I don't know who was conducting the interview, but he had some things to say about the way NBA players are treating fans and treating the owners right now. And uh, essentially that he believes this will lead to a lockout when their next CBA expires. So there's two different clips here. I'm going to play them both and then we'll kind of let's do it. We'll man. tear it apart. Awesome. Y'all baby these dudes so much today. They don't want to play back-to-back games. Every time a fan says something, they get them tossed. If they're not happy, they want to get traded. I don't, like, it's going to come to a head in the next CBA. What the NBA is doing, uh, they sending these dudes some messages like, okay, what are we going to do about load management? The next AGC going to come out like, okay, you can't take my money in and say you want to divorce me in six months to a year. Because you can only get the max from us. You can't take all my money and then say, hey, I want a divorce. So I'm pretty sure that's the next thing that's going to come out of the CBA. I told you, I don't think there's no doubt in my mind these guys going to get locked out. But these owners, you can't take all their money and treat these owners and fans like crap, which is players to start to do right now with Lowe's management taking the money in demand to be traded no doubt in my mind these guys gonna get locked out so you can tell there that we're obviously in the back of an arena or, or something's going on this is not an official but it kind of sounds like it's three in the morning and you've had a few and you're I think <laughs> I think he's been out with Mike Tyson and he's blazed a couple of large right. blunts but this is interesting because he is now one of the most prominent broadcasters working around the NBA but he's a former player and he's taking these guys to task here. And there is always that element of, oh, these kids, right? Back in my day. I'm we, old school, baby. Right. We would have never blah, blah, blah. But he does raise some interesting points in terms of the the, the one I want to start with here that is interesting is, is this idea that in the NBA, you can give your own guy a max contract, a better contract than what other teams can offer him. 
And what you're seeing more and more is, all right, I'm going to sign that from you. And then I'm going to bitch my way out of town. Then I'm going to tr- get traded, right? And this obviously comes on the heels of, of Kyrie and, and KD here getting traded over the last couple of weeks. But this has been going on for a while and has become a thing. And his point that, that says you can't keep fucking these guys over, these billionaires, um, you know, who are owning these teams without repercussion. At some point, either that rule gets taken out or they just decide they're not going to sign these contracts anymore. Um, it, that was an interesting one to me, just as a, as a guy who like you would expect to kind of side with the players. I don't, he's kind of calling them out here on a few different fronts, man. It's, it's such an interesting thing because the NBA is often looked at as the NHL should be more like the NBA, Mm -hmm. right? We focus on our stars, right? Everything is star driven. Everything is star driven. But I think at, at, at points the pendulum has swung too far. In, right in the NBA, in the players' direction, where you call your shots, man. You you have. I don't want to play here. I'm going to go. I'm going to. It's just far too much in the players' advantage, and I think that's what Charles is talking about. Well, and you you look at you know he references load management, which in theory is a good thing, and it is a, a like it's a long season, and you're that's, playing that back is to an old backs. Guy. That's an old guy rant right there for sure. Um, and so it's a you know, obviously load management, meaning that, yeah, I'm probably only going to play 65, maybe 70 games this year. I'm nursing an injury, so I'll take tonight off. And it it does fuck over your fans, right? If you're... It fucks over NBA fans. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm saying not just... Right. Not just... Because rarely do guys load manage at home. At home. No, you, you get out on the road and you're on a road trip and it's back-to-back, Toronto, Detroit, whatever it be, the yeah. second one. Well, I'll just sit that one out. And, and people who paid good money to come and see... Whatever, Steph Curry Le- or whoever it might be, and that guy just decides tonight it's the night I'm I'm taking off. I'm healthy. I'm just doing some maintenance. Right. And Raptor fans will quickly remind you that that strategy netted them a championship yep. by nursing yep. and, and you know pushing Kawhi in and out when they needed to. But just the same season, LeBron plays in Cleveland the next night, load manages in Toronto. Right. So... It, you know, people who want to defend the players, and it's a reasonable argument, would say, well, careers last longer. They'll be better when they do play. Like, all of these things have another side of the coin, right, in, in the way you do things. Uh, players can be traded at any time by their ownership that just don't care that you've set up roots here. You've been loyal to the the team for however long. You've got kids in school. Fuck you. You're getting traded on Tuesday. That's part of the part of the business. And so there's a, a reasonable argument to be made that a player can say, well, I don't really particularly care to stay here anymore. Maybe I want to leave, right? Like there, to me, yeah. all of these things have two sides to every coin. It's just fascinating to me to see a former player be the one out here going. Right. If you were here in Ottawa and Ottawa, we just last weekend, uh, we saw Chicago come through and you're like, why, why is there so many Chicago Blackhawk fans? Yeah. And And by a lot, I mean, it's. There's a couple of thousand, maybe yeah, two, three thousand, right? Most. And so it, it happens, right? You see, Penguin, you know, teams that have won, Avalanche fans, Caps fans, right? You see people who've won, and they sort of have this small allegiance of, you know, sort of bandwagon. Crosby jumpers. fans, Ovechkin fans, and so if you rolled in here and and Malkin and Crosby sat totally healthy, but they're like, long season, I, I got a back to back, and I'm yep. in uh, Washington tomorrow night, or I'm in Toronto tomorrow night, right? And you're like, whatever it is. We need to be healthy for that. You know those people who go, yeah, I'm going to go to four games this year and I want to see McDavid. 
yep. and I want to see Crosby, you're pissed if you show up yep. and you spent your money and you go, oh, it's the Penguins, but there's no Crosby and no Malkin. And I'm like, Fresh. ah, I don't give a fuck about Ottawa. Could... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, to me it is, there is a bit of the, of the, of the Gramps, old man rant. Yep. Yep. And, and he was a guy, Charles was, man, he played it. He played it from the tips, that guy. Right in terms of, he was he was elbows up. Oh yeah, rebounding. He was a he was a full on character on and off the court. Right, so I, I certainly see how he's saying. I, I think what that is is it's sort of a cautionary shot across the bows of saying, okay, let's not let's not bite the hand that overdo feeds us. it here. Exactly. Did you maybe dial it back just a bit? But player players say and player control. Is is not a bad thing, right? When nope. you go, man, this is not this is not sort of white collar slavery. No, <laughs> but you know, so but you just have to be careful in terms of how much because the NBA players absolutely the tail wags a dog. Yeah, and I I think we're in a weird time to have this discussion because the last two that we just saw do it with Kyrie and and KD are kind of. Have always already been the poster child of unhappy, kind of moody. Yeah, I'm moving around anyways. Right, and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And there's a certain amount of, well, power to you. But at the same time, I'm not really prepared to build my franchise around you then either, right? Like, if I can't count on you day to day. Um, so you and I, neither one of us are NBA <clears throat> air quotes experts. Or this is accurate, yes. Fans. Right. Okay, yes. KD, for a guy with that talent, like... At, at his zenith, at his apex, yeah, is a top three player in the league. Sure. How many teams has he played on? I think yeah, he's he started, been around a bit. Started in OKC, I think. Yep. Went Off to on, Golden State. Oh, Golden State. Then he was a net. Brooklyn. Or, yep. Yeah. And then now he's a son. Off to, uh, yeah, Phoenix. And, and so you're like, that is is unheard of. That kind of that kind of travel. Yeah, partly because I'm unhappy, so I'm going to leave, but also partly I'm unpopular and people maybe don't love having me around. And this was, Kyrie was the one who said, I'm out of here. And KD was then, or Kevin Durant, you know, like, well, if we're doing this, right, if you're tearing it down and we're going to suck, then I'm out of here too. And yeah. I, and for those of you listening, go, you know, Gretzky <laughs> played for the, for the Oilers. He played for the Kings. He played for the Blues. He played for the Rangers. Yep. You know, okay, that Lindros guy, he played for the Flyers. He played for the Rangers. He played for the Leafs. He was, played for the Stars, don't forget. How about, yeah, I did forget about that. <laughs> and then, then there's that Yarmer Jagger thing where yep. he played for 14 teams. So yep. I do get it does happen. But these are guys who are usually traveling Late in the career, back. Yeah, you're kind of bouncing around after your prime years. Back half, right? That they've set set down roots in one spot and, and cemented their legacy in one place. But it is to me, it's it's really interesting just how dominant the NBA PA is. And I do, I like it. I think it's good for the game that players move. And I, I think it's good that they take. We've talked about this in past weeks two or three year contracts to keep freeing themselves up and like right. that, that sort of thing is okay to me where, no, I, I only want to sign for three years and I'll see whether you bother to build around me. And I like exercising that kind of control. But once you've signed a contract, like actively said, I'm going to take the max from you. Cause you're the guy who can give it to me. And in six months, yeah, fuck off. All right. I'm out of here. And 
I think that's going to get old. And I do think there is a possibility the Barclays right about that when it comes to renegotiating. If you don't want that, that idea or that yep. part of the CBA, that ability when negotiating contracts, that clause, I guess is it's the term. It's not done in good faith. Right. And, and maybe they'll just take that away, like the max contract or the Larry Bird rule or whatever that they'll just take it away in the next one. And well, if you're going to keep fucking them with it, then. And as a guy who's, who's never been a big NBA fan. The thing that I've admired most about the NBA is how close the fans are to the experience. Yeah. And, and when you listen to Charles talk about, you know, that guy said whatever, right? And I, yeah, and, fan chirped at him. And, and now I'm like, that out. guy's got to go. Yeah. Right. And you're like, well, cause he yelled out, Hey, blankety blank, you suck. Yeah. Or he bought the most expensive ticket in the house. that's paying your salary. <laughs> yeah. And then now he's out. And so. <laughs> That was actually the thing that I, I looked at and went, yeah, basketball players, you got to be a little bit more resilient, right? You got to, you got to take a little. You People even, are right on top of you. Yeah. You even give a little, yeah, right? Sure. You, you just sort of go that whole Reggie Miller. Um, oh, <laughs> the malice at the palace? Oh, no, I'm talking about Reggie Miller and uh, Spike Lee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. That whole thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's really up close. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's an entirely different thing, right? When we're meta peace or whatever. meta world peace, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. He, Ron Artest. Ron Artest decided he was going to wander into um, start brawling with fans. Yeah, that's and now, but if you're going to brawl with fans, I think they're they're all open for that in Detroit. So, but, well, but unlike Mike Milbury, right, who took the guy's shoe, shoe. off and beat him with it there for, when he was playing for the Bruins. Yeah. An NBA player takes his shoe off and whacks you with it. You're going down, man, a size 15 yeah. E. In the- <laughs> but, but the other part where there is a bit of the trash, and as long as you keep it within good, you know, yeah. good taste. What Rob deems to be yeah, okay. good taste. Well, Rob, see, but and wide again, berth. there are things that, you know, you go, all right, but you have spots, and LeBron has, has done it, right, where... He goes, I know I'm in certain places where I'm just going to give it back to the fan, right? And and you go, I, that isn't... Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. That is an experience, though, right? Yes. Where you go, yeah, LeBron just told me to go fuck myself, right? <laughs> and you go, yeah, perfect, Can man. you say this again into my phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's to make be, it my ringtone. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, it's going to be my ringtone moving forward, right? And you go, so, but this is my name. Can you just say yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Rob Christie, go fuck yourself. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Yeah, so to me that it's you can't have it both ways and it's sort of it's sort of changing the game itself. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to follow because I do think there is yeah, some of that. Like I said, you negotiate a contract, you got to live up to that contract. When that contract expires, you don't know this you don't know those people anything. It should go if you want to leave after 2, 3 years, yeah. so be it. Power to you, right? I, I like that stuff, but uh we'll see what's going to happen there. Uh one of the people in the NHL chiefly uh, responsible for negotiating a bunch of these contracts, Alan Walsh, who was at it again on Twitter last week. Uh, tweeting. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that going around, I think, lately. Yes. Um, but <laughs> Not you, Matt. I'm talking about... I wasn't talking about me either. I know. We'll talk off air. Um, and I've lost my... Oh, uh, so Alan Walsh, many of you will remember a summer or two ago, was the guy who tweeted out a picture of Marc-Andre Fleury being harpooned through the back. Hey, two Brute. Yes. Had a knife stuck through his back. Uh, Alan Walsh is Marc-Andre Fleury's agent. And it was, you know, that they'd signed Robin Leonard and were playing Robin Leonard more. And, you know, he was unhappy. And this was, 
This was a little over the top in terms of how you might express displeasure. And of course, to no one's surprise, Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't in Vegas much longer after that. But much to Cam Talbot's chagrin. He would end up in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was uh, laughing earlier last week, I guess it was Sean Simpson, who works for TSN 1200 here in Ottawa, um, was arguing with a fan on Twitter who had said, Cam Talbot is a perfectly capable uh, playoff goaltender and you shouldn't be trading him for anything less than a first round pick. Oh, dear Lord. And Simmer gives him a like, his last team traded for Marc-Andre Fleury to start ahead of him. Like yeah, before maybe, the playoffs. Right, started. exactly. Anyway, Alan Walsh tweets out last week that uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And this is in reference and he, at NHL Flames. Um, he is Jonathan Huberdeau's agent. And Huberdeau actually hasn't yet started his, his eight-year eight year contract. Uh, Daryl Sutter is the coach there. I promise you Daryl Sutter is not scanning Twitter looking for what Jonathan Huberto's agent may think about how things are playing out there. But it's been a frustrating season in Calgary and Huberto hasn't been great either. But now you have an agent, again, weighing into a muddy situation and making his guy, for better or worse, the center of attention. And... I'd be furious if I was the player. Now, I've seen enough people say that tweet doesn't come out without the player's blessing. Of course. I don't know. I think this agent is a little off his fucking rocker. So maybe he knew, maybe he didn't. But I don't want to be a player in Daryl Sutter's locker room whose agent is out there tweeting about my team. Well, if there is a less Daryl Sutter player... Well, actually, I thought it was Johnny Gaudreau. Yep. And then it turned out that was okay. Yep. Um, but Huberdo is not a, you know. A Sutter a, guy. A Viking Alberta kind of guy. That's true. And so, but Alan Walsh, who is knowing, all knowing and all seeing, Apparently. super agent, that didn't prevent you from advising your client it was okay and a good idea to sign an eight-year yep. eight extension. With a, with a team that was coached by Daryl Sutter. Mm-hmm. So that is one of those things where you go, uh, we just talked about with the NBA players. What is it? What's the deal here? You want the cash, but now you're, now you've signed it and you're unhappy and you trade want, me six months in. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even started that eight year 10.5 or whatever it is, like yep. crazy cash. Yep. And I expected things to work better, you know, as Huberto moved in and with Caudry, with Lindholm, like uh, yeah. just, just a bunch of things. You go, that's going to work. It, I think it's a good move, right? It's it's one of those things I looked at and went, man, I am so impressed with what Calgary did in the off season. Yeah, Boston, to, to Boston's f- not going to make the playoffs and <laughs> Calgary's going to do this. And you'll- so that was the, the whole thing over the summer, right? Was Johnny Goudreau leaves as a free agent <laughs> and then Matthew Kachuk <laughs> turns around and says, I got a year left and I'm going to play it out for you, but I'm not signing here. So they decide, well, we better trade you fucking now. And most people thought. As trade you, me right fucking now. As you su- Hang up the phone. Bang. As you suggest. Um, they, they, they made a good deal, right? People were impressed because they're, yep. they're, they had the gun to their heads and they still managed to get Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger. Oh, that's the weaker thing is that you're like. And that doesn't seem to be working either. There was talk last week that he's 
on the trade block. And I right here, please. Yeah, uh, that's the team that seems to be linked to him right now. So we'll see. But you kind of go, all right, like this isn't at all the way any Calgary fan wanted to see this go. But in a terrible situation, you've done a good job in terms of getting as much as you could back out of it, right? With with Huberto and with Weger. And yeah, they've just been life and death all year to yeah. to to even hang around a playoff spot. Uh, Jakob Markstrom has not been good. He's been Dan Vladar has been taking a lot of the big games lately, and it just feels like there's a bunch of frustration all over that roster. Remember Daryl Sutter roasted that rookie on his Peltier, uh, Peltier I yeah. think, and a reporter asked him, "What do you think of his first game?" He was like, "Who?" And he pretends to look at the roster, get his number, and then goes, oh, like, zero that, goals, that, zero. Yeah, played f- nine minutes and Yeah, pretended to seconds. not even know who he was. Like, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. there's a certain amount. So I get why Jonathan Huberto may not be loving his time there, and it, it does sometimes take time to fit in, but I don't need my agent out there doing this shit. That, it, it's not helping me. No, and, and but this is more about Alan Walsh. It is. Than it is about anything else, right? Yeah. And just sort of like, all right, you know what, buddy? Just, just. Just reel so that in a bit. Do you think Huberto knew this was coming? Well, my first reaction is, yeah, yeah, of course. Nobody does this without. But then we are talking about Alan Walsh, who is a long Just flies time, off at the handle all over the place. And, and you wonder if this is the guy who who sort of has gotten to the spot where is it about me? Is it about my? Athletes? That's what I think. I think he is. He likes being a star. He. And, and he'll say, it's my job to take the heat for my player. But yeah, you're, you're bringing the heat. But you just put your player under yes. the microscope. The hot lamp. Yeah. Now, guess what he's going to be answering questions about for the next week or so. And Yeah. You haven't helped this unless your idea was to get Sutter fired or, or to move along that lines. And if that's the case, man. Well, Huberto will outlast Sutter. Of course. Like but, nine years ago. But the, they're going to replace him with whoever's coaching their AHL team. I was going to say Abbotsford. I don't even know where they are now. I don't either. But you're like, because Calgary. Stockton Heat. Because Calgary, much like Ottawa, is notorious for hiring cheap coaches. Yep. So. Yep. To Jim Playfair. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, just be careful. <laughs> right? There's somebody unproven will be in there next. And then what are you doing? Yeah. Obviously, look, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Ryan O'Reilly to the Leafs. We're going to talk a little bit about Patrick Kane, and uh, he, he seems a little unhappy at the moment, uh, and uh, and the Sens. We'll get to all of that in a minute. I did want to touch on first uh, what you just cracked into. Uh, the same thing I had the first time. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And uh, I have moved into a, uh, as I've been doing a lot here lately with the second beers, the, uh, the Needle Light will be... Uh, Okay, Matt's backing up what he thought was maybe a little stronger with something a little lighter. That's sort of the, the way this is going to play out. Yeah. See, I think you should double down. Yeah. Like your boy Duke. Pedal down, yes. hit it, hit it. That's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a long weekend. Leaf game yeah, coming yeah, at six. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, I did find uh, an article that I thought was interesting and passed on to you. And this has been a thing that has sort of been... I guess I've been looking at for a while. Certainly women have been wanting this to be looked at for quite a while. And it's the idea of, well, (laughs) I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, A male contraceptive that you can take orally, similar to the pill, I guess, right? Yeah. And there's some talk that they might be getting closer, or at least there's a new concept in, in the way they think they can attack 
the sperm, and there's all kinds Leave of looks. My sperm alone. Yeah, I'd be happy to, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm rattled. <laughs> No, it's uh, the the idea though that it's still problematic. Like they maybe are able to kill what needs to be killed to stop a woman from getting pregnant for like twelve hours, but that maybe it can obviously survive in her body much longer. So there's still a bunch of things to unpack. But I'm intrigued by this idea of the what appears to be for some people the holy grail of you know male males taking on more responsibility, I guess, sure, the idea the of contraception. Yeah. If you don't want to use a condom, here's another possibility as opposed to a woman and her always being the one responsible for it, which traditionally I guess has been because she's the one trying to stop from having to carry the thing or, or yeah, whatever. Right. The, the person who's going, yeah, at the end of the day, this, this is going to be a bigger deal for me. This moment of indiscretion. <laughs> Is going to impact us both, but really, let's be honest, it's I'm carrying this. I'm getting way more problems out of this for way less satisfaction, probably. <laughs> yeah, one, well, 95%, yeah, exactly. Matt, that okay. is absolutely right. I don't want to, you know, besmirch right. the reps of some good men out there. Sure. Power to you. Out there, I say. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the idea is fascinating, and apparently we're getting closer. I have always... Like, I kind of thought this already existed. If you, as a male, want to make sure you're not getting anybody pregnant tonight, eight, eight to 12 beers ought to do it, right? Like, you can take that orally and, Whiskey, Matt. and probably Whiskey. make sure you're all good. But is it, do you, like, you, you already seem skeptical that anybody actually wants this when I brought it up. Wow. Okay. It, it's, it's, it's fine, right? When we talk about who wants what, there's a there's a varying <laughs> spectrum of things going Especially on. Especially around sex. <laughs> yeah. And it's so I want less of you. <laughs> so it's it let's 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 like think about what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. This is not a um a a marriage situation. This is not a consistent no. re- This is your It's a hookup. Hit it and quit it kind yeah. of situation. And never see you again. <laughs> right. Ideally. And, and so you're like in the article, it said a global pandemic or no global epidemic yeah. of. Let's un- not be throwing around this word too much. Yeah. This pandemic. Unwanted word. pregnancies. And you're like, <laughs> okay, are you talking about, you know, people who, women who put like pinpricks in your condom or what do you like? I think it's the man who's putting that in his condom. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I, how many guys wanted I, I, that unwanted? No, uh, no. I meant sliding his little pinprick oh, in there. Yes. <laughs> Pinner. Yeah. Um, it's okay, buddy. Yeah. And so it's more, I think, this global epidemic of STDs. And if you mm-hmm. yeah, just look, take a look at Africa and the unwanted, well, the unwanted, the, the off desirable HIV. Uh, no, it's, it's, <laughs> so the, these sorts, that's the global <laughs> epidemic, right? Is not. Well, in that case, don't you want to keep it wrapped? Well, this is what I'm saying okay. is, is, is the real global epidemic is not. Babies. Unwanted, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's what you call it earlier you, seat to meat. <laughs> yes, jumped off the seat and grabbed my meat. Um, which I wish I, I wish there was a take back on that, but <laughs> not really. Um, yeah, everybody knows when two people coming home from the bars, college, university, whatever that is, and you're like, we're fumbling towards ecstasy. <laughs> 
we wish we were fumbling towards that. Well, 50% of us are fumbling. <laughs> and you go, I want that guy. He's like, don't worry. Don't worry, baby. I got this. You're like, you go, what? Yeah. You're going to you're gonna take this pill? Right. That's what, uh, that's what women around the world are calling out for, for men in that situation. Are you suggesting that women will be carrying this and I will watch you? Yes, this before we do anything. For sure. Yeah. And I, I want to make sure that that's not a an aspirin. Good God knows what. Whatever else you got what you've there. you dropped in my drink to get the, me here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're already here now. Right. So to me, this is, it's a great idea. It's a great idea. And I think we, we should all be more aware. And it's a great idea if you want to double down on you're taking the pill. I'm taking the pill. Between the two of us, we should get this taken care of. Right. This should not be, you should never allow. You're right, though. There's a trust thing here. Did you take it or not? Whereas the alternative, I, I can see you wearing the bag, right? <laughs> you know what I'm, like, the one is far more, yeah. I can see this has happened than the other. I, I don't well, know. Are we asking for a sober woman to take her, her pill every morning or whatever yeah, they Yeah, but probably not in the moment, right? Is, wait, hold 12 on. beers deep. Hold on here. Okay. I mean, where is that? Where is that? <laughs> uh, it's probably next to the condom I've had in my back pocket or in my wallet, in the wallet. for six months hoping to use it. And you're like, come on, man. <laughs> Bought it during the Bill Clinton administration. <laughs> this is not, this is exactly what you're saying. You're like, my older brother passed it down to me. <laughs> so... I love the idea and anything that gives control around the board, but nobody is counting on that 22-year-old guy to go, I'm doing this. I Don't worry, baby. I got it for both of us. I think if the alternative is the bag, you might get some guys to, but I, I think the difference is, I think women, and it, it's, it's not, I'm not suggesting it should always be that, but it becomes part of the morning routine. You get up, you brush your teeth, you whatever. If you're asking that this is a thing that you take in the heat of the moment yeah. after coming home from the bar, like you said, yeah, it's tucked in my wallet with the condom. I think that's going to be far less. Uh, the, the number of times two, a couple have got into the sack and, and you've got to a point where you're like, I don't have a condom. No. Yeah. And you're like, all right. Don't Risk it. Let's just, <laughs> let's just have a go with this. Yeah. And then you, it'll be so, fine. Yeah. You know what? You just do this and that and X equals Yeah. Z. You've already reached the point where you're not making the best decisions. Like I, I just, cause this is supposed to be, yeah, I guess you take it shortly, be- shortly it's, before, it's shortly before. <laughs> and you're like, is that when I'm going out to the bar? How confident am I that I'm going to oh, close tonight? Right? <laughs> well, this is I guess it. you just take it either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing it in your sixth beer. Like I said, eight to 10 beers. You I'm don't even feeling, worry about this. I'm feeling sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Wham. They're not going to be able to resist me tonight. I better take this. I'm already feeling like I'm halfway there. Yeah. Feeling sexy <laughs> this weekend. Your Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, is that where that's, keep it safe. Keep it safe. Wrap it up. No. No. Doobie is going in unwrapped here. <laughs> this is absolutely. The playoffs. He's ready to fuck them. Right. He's, he's F the playoffs. <laughs> right. John Herdman says. It's true, man. So they go out on Friday night around 11 o'clock. Um, and this circle all the way back to a big wrestling weekend in Montreal. I think this is probably why Dubas didn't make that trade until about 11 o'clock. He, he wasn't finished. He's a big wrestling guy. He wasn't doing anything till Sami Zayn addressed the crowd in, uh, in Montreal at the WWE uh, show. 
Um, and they go out and they get themselves a former Con Smythe trophy winner, uh, a captain of a Stanley Cup champion, a guy. Don't forget about Noel Chari. Universal. Let me do my thing here, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Things are off the rails on the other side of the table. I don't know what happened there, man, but that's. <laughs> I've been feeling it for a while. You've broken my. <laughs> yeah, the chair is on a bit of a. Oh, look at this. This does not even feel like the same fucking chair. Rob is so amused by himself that he has broken the chair on the other <laughs> side of this. <laughs> Man. Wow. Yes. Uh, all right. So they bring in. Oh, it's because I'm sitting on my phone now. There we go. Perfect. Is it, are you going to be all right over there? See, uh, this is this is why we're not going to be able to trust these people to take a pill shortly before the good times arrive, right? This is the type. Of, is this the good times, Matt? He's is breaking there, his are chair. Are we experiencing the good times right now? Jesus Christ. Could there be more of a thoroughfare outside the studio today? Both in the air, on the ground. God damn it. Over here. Windows the, closed now, too. Over here in the hood. Man. All right. <laughs> Matt, is, Matt is thoroughly rattled. Nolachari, Matt. No, fuck Nolachari. <laughs> Hopefully Tampa fans are saying here shortly. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly, former cons, my trophy, my captain of a Stanley Cup champion, all these sorts of things, but his best days clearly behind him, but still a, a useful player. He's 32. He's, you know, into that area where you would expect decline. There has been some decline, but you can also talk about the team that he's had around him and, and some other statistics. We'll get into that. As you have repeatedly shoved in my face, Nola Chari, also part of that. Um, a guy who was part of the, the Bruins teams in 18 and 19 that shattered my heart uh, and, and beat the Leafs in, in two game sevens. He's been in Florida for a couple of years since then. This was his first year in, uh, in St. Louis. He's part of the deal. Perfectly reasonable fourth line player. Uh, I think he's in the top 10 in the league and hits this year. Uh, and so... I don't think he's bringing a ton more punch than what they already had on their fourth line, but he does bring some more snarl and some more fuck you than they had. And he's that's, got 10 goals, I think. Yeah. So that's, it's worth something. They're giving up. Oh, they're giving up a lot. A first round pick, a second round pick, Ottawa's third round pick. I don't know where that came from. I guess that came with Matt Murray. I, I can't imagine what other trade we would still have an Ottawa pick kicking around from. Seems terrible. Whatever it is. Uh, and so, and also a fourth round pick. Uh, the fourth round pick is going to Minnesota because they're taking some of the salary. So St. Louis kept half of uh, Ryan O'Reilly's salary, traded him technically to Minnesota. Minnesota kept another half of what was left, left and then shipped him to Toronto. So this $7 million player, you're getting him for 1.8 on 7. the cap. 7.5, Toronto gets him for 1.87. It's not bad. No matter how much you think Ryan O'Reilly's fallen off. At 1.8, I like that guy. Um but you're, so, you're forgetting about Matt. Uh, tell me. The prospects. Nolachari too. The uh, prospects. that Mikhail that, Abramov. Who I, I don't know anything about. You know, nor should you. And uh, Adam Gaudet. Who was in Ottawa last year is not a prospect. No, he's about 20. He is a contract. We're taking on two contracts. You have to take two contracts. The, the idea term. of prospects was laughable. Yeah. That you're going to throw that under the under the category of prospects. No, it, th- for sure. That was all about balancing number of of contracts. Abramov, I think he's 21. Um, 
may turn out to be kind of middle six okay, but I don't think Leaf fans are losing a whole lot of sleep over that being the guy that uh, that's going out the door. But it is a lot of uh, of, of draft picks. See, for me, Matt, as somebody who who in disgust on the Friday night clicked off the Ottawa Chicago <laughs> game and went to bed, so I woke up in the morning to a to a text saying. Leafs got O'Reilly. Yeah. And I'm like, I just brought that up on the show last week. And they're like, yeah, but you didn't say it was going to happen. And I'm like, what? I, I can't make the trades. Like, I, I can't make that happen. I can only suggest it. Anyways, I thought there's no way this trade is not happening without that. Is Matthew Nyes. Is he Wisconsin? Where is he? Minnesota. Minnesota. I thought there's no way this trade is happening without Nyes. Yet. There, there it, is. it is. And so picks for the Leafs who are going to, that's, that pick is going to be at best a 27 or a 28. This, this to me is the Leafs have given up n- not nothing, no. but this is just picks. Yeah. Like you said, the, the two bodies, Abramov and, and Goddard, whatever. The first by all accounts was to get, um, get O'Reilly. Achari. The second was to get Achari. The third was for St. Louis to hold on to half the contract. And the fourth is to hold. So you can check these off pretty easily as to what you yep. paid and why. And it is a lot because you haven't had a lot of high-end pick, but you're not really supposed to when you're a contender. And of course, the count on, well, you haven't contended. It doesn't mean, like I've, I've said this a few times lately, right? Like in a vacuum, I don't know if this is the year to go for it, but you have to go for it. This you is it. had yeah, to do it. Do. So... Uh, I said on the, the show a couple times, Timo Meyer was my guy, really swing for the fences. Obviously, they looked at that, and, and Friedman has said they didn't like the price. It was going to be much higher. And that my second choice would be O'Reilly. And you can use him up and down the lineup. They played him on Saturday night in between Tavares and Marner, uh, which was interesting. Out of everything I thought they might do, that really wasn't the thing you, on my You saw him in that three hole. Or on the left wing. Okay. With Tavares and and it's funny you think maybe the left winger Tavares needed all year was Tavares, right? Yeah. <laughs> Put himself over there. I think you're going to see a lot of things though down the stretch on how do you how do you want to play this? What do you want to do? I kind of like the idea maybe because if Marner's going to play with Tavares, I might move O'Reilly up with Matthews and and Nylander. And I don't care which one of the two you leave in the middle, but O'Reilly's more of a playmaker than a scorer. And so having Willie and Matthews there as trigger men for him, as opposed to having both Marner and O'Reilly on the same line as more setup guys, you know, just as a way, but I do think you will see him at third line center a bit too. And you're going to look at it all over the next, whatever they got left, 30 games and, and just see where it fits. And I, I love the idea that in the playoffs, depending on the situation, like you can do both. He can play in the top six when you're even or trailing, and if you're leading, you now have the ability at all times to have one of Matthews, Camp, or O'Reilly on defending and taking defensive zone faceoffs. And and man, I, I at center depth, even if O'Reilly isn't quite what he once was, he's in the three hole. He's in the three hole. He, you are not asking him to be the guy, the number one center anymore. You are. That's as good as a third line center as you're gonna find. <laughs> I I am as a non leaf guy. I love this trade. Yeah. You were not going to enhance the goaltending. 
Nope. The goaltending is what it is. Yeah, it's going right? to be there or it's not. And and I don't care how old or what the what the Leafs blue line looks like, unless you could hit a hit a home run yeah. on a defenseman, the the D has been a top five goals against. Yep. Like this, whether there's been guys in and out of this lineup, right? Brody out, Muzzin out, mm-hmm. Riley, Riley out. out, right? And they've still just all pitched in and been this, you know, top five. Steady unit, yeah. Steady unit. So to me... The kind of guy they brought in, it's not a Tarasenko, even a Meyer. You, you're trading for a Meyer and you're paying more because you're looking to extend that guy on, yep. which isn't happening here in Toronto. Well, oh, with Meyer, no. Yeah, with Meyer. That's what I'm saying. Sorry. So in terms of you're paying the extra amount because you're extending that guy out. Yeah. And I'm not sure with the cap being the way it is, is happening, right? Well, the only thing I would say in opposition to that is who cares? Get him now, take the run if you can and figure it out in the summer because yeah. it may not be you. Like if this doesn't work, it's getting blown the fuck up anyway. So it's one more piece yeah. that the next so, guy but, deals with. But to me, the O'Reilly part brings you the better, the two-way player yep. better than what Myers does. And and in terms of, of, of what you have, the strength of this team already still, you have guys who could, a power forward or a guy who can do what Myers does. And so I love the O'Reilly pick, and then you add the Achari in. Yeah. To me, this is this puts them ahead of Tampa hmm. for sh- in, in 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 on forwards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, and and that just sort of pushes that all in that way. And Dubas, what does he what does he care? At the end of the day, you go all right. We have no draft picks left. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. But. You have gone for it now because this is it for him anyways. Yeah. I, I said that last year, but, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. But to me, uh, uh, from the Leaf perspective, the picks are picks, yeah. right? And when, It's the mystery box. A, and the the first is really just a, it's the same as a high second. Yep. Right? And the, and the second is a high third. Like it's really, you are, those are crapshoots. Once the draft gets to that spot and you only they have. They can't help you for at least three or four years. This is it. And so you are not getting bona fide, you know, unless you get Sebastian Ajo, right? Yeah. But chances are, no. Probably not. And so to me, I, I love this trade. I love the fact that it's like, hey, man, I'm going to push my chips in mm-hmm. because that's what this is. And I love O'Reilly and I don't care what kind of decline your game is in as a 32-year-old who has the smarts that O'Reilly has, yep. the 200 foot game, like at his peak, he's, he's not much better than a 60 to 70 point guy. Right. So you're never looking at that guy going, Hey man, that is Patrick Kane just losing a step or whatever. No, it's a smart hockey player who already has savvy 200 feet in the ice. Right. So probably going to be re-energized coming to a playoff race. Um, close to home. Yeah. And when you do start to dig into some of the, you know, the advanced numbers on this guy, I'll leave it up to the good listener to decide how much is, bah, fuck it, or, you know, excuses or whatever. But over the course of Ryan O'Reilly's career, his, he gets 905 save percentage goaltending. This year he's got 870%. When he is on the ice this year, he is not getting a save. So that pulls down all of his numbers, right? It makes him look worse defensively than he is. Now, no one is saying he's still playoff MVP Ryan O'Reilly, but maybe uh, 
setting up all year in terms of offense, maybe playing with Josh Levo and Brandon Saad more than anybody else isn't quite the same as what he was doing again in the, the like there's a lot of things that can explain some of the decline and then the rest of it is real decline right it, it, so well, it's hard to measure what this guy's been this year so let's just look at this for one second and you go we're going to take your value at con smythe value <laughs> that's 100% yeah and you go that is a guy who at the hardest time of the year has done the best work. Yep. And you go, okay, but we're going to get 80% of that guy. Yep. Because I, I, I don't. That's the number I'd have put on it too. I don't believe it's less than that. No. And so if I can go, if I can put an 80% of the Con Smythe winner in my three hole. I'm going to put him on the third line. He's going to do fine. That to me is, and again, no blue goggles on here. No. That is the guy I've been looking at as a Leaf guy, you know from the Leaf perspective for a couple of weeks now, right? You're like, you talk about Taves and Kane and you talk about yeah. Horvat and yeah. you talk about all these guys who are available. Tyler Bertuzzi was the other guy I had on. Uh, Dylan Larkin list. was yeah. another guy, right? And you go, to me. Over- it's funny, eh? While we're saying that, as if you shuffle it, or if you sort it by points percentage, Detroit's in a playoff spot right now based on games in hand. And, yeah, and, well, anyway, and, and, and to me, the, the interesting conversation there is with Larkin and yes. Bertuzzi yep. and them being on the verge and likely to get slaughtered by, what, Carolina or Boston in the first yes. round. If you make it, yep. those guys aren't Iserman guys. And Iserman as a, a guy who's willing to be conservative, Yeah, look at the future. It's just go, funny that you and I are trading their, their two guys and they're actually in a playoff spot, but... And yep. they haven't been for a very long time. So that would mean something to him to maybe keep their guys. But I know that's not your point. That's And my point is to me, he of all guys, Iserman, yeah. is a guy who's gonna say, Yeah, this is Is this is this the best choice for me long term, or can I reap better benefits moving down the road without these guys? And I think I I th- I'd get rid of both those guys if I was him. It's interesting as you've kind of outlined everything that Toronto could have done. Looking at goaltending, eh, it is on D. If you could find a legit top four D out there, I don't know who that is. Like I, I right? But I don't want to do the. I'm not spending any assets on fifth, sixth depth D. Right? When you look at how this is probably going to shake loose, you're probably looking at Riley Brody, probably looking at I, I guess Giordano Hall, and then one or two of Sandine Timmins, Lily, mm-hmm. and actually it'll be Lily Grin will play, but. You know, you already have over who? Uh, Hall will be in, Lilligren will be in, Brody will be in. So it's it, Sandine and Timmons. Oh, they like that Timmons guy, though, man. I, I do too, but I, he's not going to play, I don't think. Okay. But you have him who can play in case of an injury. You have Jordy Ben who in the playoffs can play yep. in case of an injury. Like, you have some, you have five, six, seven, eight guys, right? So don't spend any of your limited assets on that. I'm with you, man. Unless you can get a, a big time guy. And I don't know who that was going to be. So I think they've looked at it and said, Petrangelo. it's going to have to, yeah, it's, that's going to have to be steady enough. It's, it's fine. We're going to let that play out. And yeah, we'll, we'll take our, our stab up front and, and bring this guy in. And he brings a lot of things, right? He's a former captain as well. He, I don't, he knows how to navigate a playoff. This is the third straight deadline. They've brought in somebody's captain for whatever that's worth to you with Felino, Giordano. I was just going to say all the things about Felino that I loved and I, I. Minus his broken back. Yeah. But 
This to, is a, to me O'Reilly yeah. is 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 but Fel, better. is Felino upgrade upgrade upgrade. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and to me the thing that you need to keep in mind is the four picks that are going out the door are picks you have kept for for a franchise that has traded has traded has traded. Yep. You kept the best prospect. Yeah, Matthew Nyes is still here. Topi Nimala is still here. Like your 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 prospects that you're leaning on and hoping you're the most optimistic on, they're still here. When you have when you have nothing left because the picks have all gone out the door, yeah, you still have your at least your two best prospects. Yep. And so to me, that is which makes me wonder if he's done, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, okay, but there is still that time, right? Yep. And and now, unless you're getting that now. Picks are always the great, they, they are, it's, it's prospect and, and draft pick porn, right? Sure. It is the thing that people. He look, could become Ryan O'Reilly. It, just, just take Ryan O'Reilly. Just have yeah, him. It, right? This is it. And you go, that guy could become blank, yeah. but, but you don't know. No. You don't know. And so to me, to be in where Dubas is now and where this is, organization is, this to me is if he's healthy. It is the best pick that they could get, right? Yeah, because fit. what you lose as as a player, as a top end player, is you lose a little of that offensive ability. Yep. You don't lose smarts. No. Right. You don't. He's going to kill penalties for us. He's going to be awareness. on the second power play, which was abysmal. Right. Like we load up that number one, and it doesn't leave much for. Uh, as per as per always, it's going to be Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Matthews. Yep. Those are the guys. Yep. Who are going to carry the mail? And if they don't, guess what? You're not That's winning it. anyways. That's it. This is the whole thing. Bring in what you want to support them. But at the end of the day, understand those guys are getting it done, or you're not going anywhere. And the Charlie's got a bit of the clutchness to him, right? Yep. As as a as a bottom end guy. Yeah. I uh, to me this is and and I was down in Belleville and um we're listening. I'm listening to a bunch of people hot stove it. <laughs> And, and Belleville's a place where it's, it's neutral territory, it's man. It's the crossroads, yep. man. It's, yep. uh, you got the Laval rocket in there. So you got a bunch of Montreal fans. You have obviously Ottawa fans. I saw a pile of Ottawa jerseys in the building. Yeah. I'm wearing one, but there's also, it's a leaf crowd too. Yep. Uh, four leaf jerseys in the crowd <laughs> last night that I spotted okay. in, in Laval rocket, Belleville senators game. There's four <laughs> leaf jerseys. Good for you guys. And two God love you. Two of them have their own names in the back. Nice. Only one had number 69 on it. <laughs> nice. But that's Belleville and that's Lee Fan. Fuck yeah, man. Um, but to me, this is. You should was, have seen the look AJ gave me on when he was in here Thursday night. When I said, welcome inside episode 1069. Nice. <laughs> Just staring at me across the table. Like, Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, AJ's got cut from the same way. He likes to fight guy, right? So he, <laughs> he just, you know, I think at the drop. He eventually kind of gave me the, all right, all right. But yeah, it was nice. I think he was looking down his nose at me just a little, as he maybe often is. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's okay, but he's still here. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's still, still contributing. He was heading out the door as soon as we were done to play pickleball. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's big around Bell Media, I think. They, there's it, a lot of these they guys all, talking. They all yeah. do that. They have their own little league going yeah. on there and. Nobody's nobody's more um, into it, I think, than AJ and Lee probably no, for Sage. Almost certainly. So. Um, but that to me is it was people talking about it, man, and and everybody had opinions, and and I think everybody wants to right away jump on the shit on the Leafs bandwagon. Yeah, 
and go, yeah, it's a 32-year-old guy. He's a has-been. He's a blah, blah, blah. And you're like, they need a defenseman. You're like, really? Do they need a defenseman? Right. And what are they and getting? Which one? Where are they getting it? <laughs> How much are they paying? Yep. Everybody wants a top four of defenseman. Of course. If you could give me, like, people were saying this is the biggest trade the Leafs have made at the deadline since Brian Leach in 2004. Ah. And if Brian Leach was out there this year, I'd done that again right like but right. that guy's not available but so. can i get brian leach 1996 um, i don't want brian leach 04 he was still pretty good for us down the stretch and anyway no. all right that, that doesn't need to be a no i i know but i'm just saying that is to me this is this is what the leafs need and and i i applaud the big brassy balls because <laughs> to me this is on millhouse yeah on muscly millhouse <laughs> So this, this to me is, is how this has to go. And, and you know what? You going down? Swinging. 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 And I'm, and I'm spending. I'm yeah. spending and I'm going and I'm not going, well, we'll wait and we'll see. Maybe Shanny will keep me around if we flame out in the first round. Right. Probably and again, not. flame out means, yeah. means you lost to Tampa. <laughs> again. But that's not a. Well, like, you, that's could, a you could flame out to Tampa, but. You could also have a perfectly good run with them and 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 fucking lose again. This like is still going to be a coin flip. That yeah. was last year. Yeah. Last year you played well yeah. and you lost yep. to a good team. Yep. It, it's not yep. like the That's year still before, on the table. It's not like the year before when you totally shat in the new sheets against Montreal. That's a totally different story. <sighs> yeah. I think that's the defense we're supposed to go get is Joel Edmonds or yes Ben Sherrod. Yeah. I told you, yeah. man. Or Kulak. Or, your boy Stevie's already uh, locked him uh, up long term. See, but he loves it. He loves it. He, he's just he's got the he's got the halves goggles on. <laughs> Can't get enough Stevie. of that. Yeah. No, I meant Stevie Heiserman. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he's one that went out and locked up Ben Sherrod. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. And that's that is a little that is a little kink in the. Yeah, that's not that's an X on the uh, the evaluation. Yeah, it it I I was excited about it. Um, it's a it's a big piece who can come in and, and do some things wherever you need. Like, this is the one thing that makes me think they might not be done is he is exactly how Sheldon Keefe likes to use Alex Kerfoot. But he is much better at all of those things than Alex Kerfoot. So could you find someone to take Kerfoot's $3.5 million off your cap and then, you know, because I don't know where he fits right now. He played last night on a fourth line with Achari and fuck, I don't even remember who the hell else, right? Like, <laughs> I can't. It, yeah, yeah. He's become irrelevant now, right? Like, the things that Keefe likes to do with Kerfoot, slide him in on the PK here, maybe move him into the top six now and then. He could do he the third do line center thing. O'Reilly could do that though, yep. now. But and, guess what? That's called depth. Yeah, sure. But that's also called $3.5 million in cap space. That, that seems like a next year problem. Huh? Could be a playoff problem. Let's see where we could. Uh, I don't know yet. Turn I, that into uh, something else. There was a recent Cup champion who was eighteen million dollars over the cap, and you know, I heard that somewhere. And so you're like, guess what? All I'm saying is, if you wanted to do something else, that's three and a half million that is now replaceable. Right. You okay. Could, yeah. and, and I get that. Yeah. And and that is fine. But uh, I think I think as constituted, what are you doing? And unless you're pulling something out like. Because to me, the goaltending is a bit of a crapshoot. Yep. Right? Especially but, right now. Yeah. But you have it. Yep. And, and you know what you have. And We if might have it. But you might not. Yep. And guess what? That's what, that's what I don't know, maybe other than five teams. Get to see. Everyone's rolling in going, maybe we got it. Get to see 
Some playoff Shalgresna. It's not ideal. <laughs> Shalgresna is backing up Joseph Wall right now. So, yeah, yeah. So I can t- it'll be a flame out against Tampa if we're running Shalgren in there. I can tell you that much. Yeah, that's that, that's not that's not the thing for you. That is not. I, I would I would not worry about that. And if it comes down to that, you go, we're fucked. This we're, is it. If it's we're, either we're where's Hutch? If it's yeah, fuck. If it's anyone other than Samsonov or Murray in there, just whatever, it's over. You're done anyway. So, and for most teams, if you're starting the playoffs with your third goalie, yep, his name's not Andrew Hammond. <laughs> yep, <laughs> who suddenly, as we want to talk a little about the Sens here for a second, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that name over the last week. Shut it down, Andrew Hammond. We're gonna do this thing. It's it's gonna be Sogard or it's gonna be uh, Mandalazy. Sogard said, "I'm not Andrew Hammond." I'm just here to do my thing and we'll see what happens. Uh, the Sens, I think as we sit here going into today, I don't know. Oh, you said they were up 4 nothing. It's 5-zip right now. Okay, so they're going to beat St. Halfway through the third. Uh, they ha- I think coming into today, we're seven points back. So it sounds like, barring any other action, that could end the day five points back. But with two or three games still in hand on a lot of teams. Yep. Uh, not, not Detroit and not Buffalo. Right. Everybody seems to, be, and fair enough, but everybody seems to be counting how many games back of Washington you are. But yep. who's now out? I think. Washington is out as we sit here uh, in terms of points percentage and whatever. So we'll see. Uh, but they had a ceremony for Chris Neal on Friday to raise his number 25. Um, I watched it, thought it was pretty well done, thought his speech was well done. And then the Sens came out and allowed the lowly Chicago Blackhawks to score pretty much right away. 44 seconds, Matt. That is not right away. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for about the next period and a half, just sort of went through the motions before eventually firing it up, getting it going, uh, got up 3-1, blew that, and then uh, I don't even They won in overtime, did they not? Nope, no, Chicago, they lost in Chicago overtime. won in yeah, overtime. Okay. I think, I think Ottawa and Ottawa fans felt a lot like Calgary, and Calgary fans probably felt midway through last week where you go, we dominated you for 57 minutes <laughs> and yet somehow we get one point. I'm not sure what happens here. Um, yeah, Ottawa made, Chicago. Ottawa made three mistakes. All three ended up in the back of their net. And to me, that's what happens. Uh, two of them to Patrick Kane. When you're playing a team. Oh, did he show up in Ottawa? We didn't notice him in Toronto the yeah. two nights earlier. So, but uh, honestly, Patrick Kane, Ottawa is Patrick Kane's for bitch for an out of conference team. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's got goals in like 55% of the games they play. <laughs> um, yeah. Ottawa He's made playing three. guilty after a couple nights in Montreal, usually. Yeah. Maybe, or <laughs> yeah. And so to me, this is, is when you're playing a rookie goalie and he played well, but yeah, three mistakes, breakdown in coverage, bam. And it was exposed. Right. And they, they all ended up in the net. And so, yeah, that is one of those things, Matt, where I'm just shaking my head going, you know, Shabbat looking like I'm just going to, at the blue line on the what power. What is happening there? Sorry. Uh, you know what it is? And and to me, you look at all three of those goals that they scored in regulation, Chicago that is. Yeah. Those are all small, but very crucial fundamental mistakes, man, that are being made by Batherson, Shabbat, and then Brandstrom. And, and, and so to see, me, two out of those three, I kind of go, yeah, that's what they do a little bit. But Chapot's supposed to be, yeah, 
He's not had a good year, man. He has not. Ha- and, and the better part of last year, yeah. not a great year either. And and to me, this is, and I, I hate to be a broken record, man, but he is not being coached well. Yeah. He is not being put in places or positions to succeed. You need, uh, man, new ownership, new broom sweeps clean, man. This, this, they need. An just in- blow it all out. Just open I- the doors, fire up the fans. <laughs> Yeah, but just everybody out. Just yeah, okay. Fire the fans out too, because no, I don't mean the fans. Some of them suck too. (laughs) Fire Um, up the fans to air out the building. (laughs) Yeah, and just just we need new GM. We need new coach. We need just this is the part where somebody comes in with this with this roster and goes, I'm just going to move the furniture around a bit to to take a little um, simmer quote. Knocked Kyle or Pierre out the window. (laughs) Yeah, that's a little dusting right there. Um, yeah, but he needs to be put, you, you find a nice right shot defenseman, you put him and Shabbat in the second pair behind Zubin Sanderson in the one, one, two next year, way better, Man, just way better. To have already been passed by Sanderson. This was a guy that some people were talking about, Thomas Shabbat, I mean, now as a possible team Canada Olympic Whatever, you're being passed by a rookie, a very good rookie. Yeah, see, but the, man, this the, guy is but not. But the Shabbat a, thing was on, uh, on Team Canada best. He is a six seven. Yeah, yeah. Right. He is a guy who is who is forever going to have. But now he's a three four on his own t- bad team. Yeah, but <laughs> no, no. But to me, he is still a guy who, if you if you can you can still play him in the top pair. I'm just saying, he's a guy who is always going to be better with the puck on his stick. Going forward. Yeah. So to me, I'm fine with his contract. I'm fine with him. Uh, He just needs to be put in a better position. And if you look at that first first and second goal, you have (laughs) Ottawa players who have no idea where they're going. Right. And to me, if you have, as a head coach, have been on for four years, and you have players who still consistently don't know what they're doing, that's on you, man. Yeah. That's on you. And so... These guys are pros who have done great things all the way up and through. Is is Thomas Shabbat ever going to be? I well, don't know what what whoever the the defensive stalwart uh, a, a Scott Stevenson, Scott Stevens, Steven Stevens. I don't know. <laughs> is he going to be that? No, right? Ken no. Danico. Is that what he's going to be? No, <laughs> seems unlikely. No, but but to me, Colin his, White, the, the good Colin White, not the Ottawa Colin. Yeah, White. exactly. The, the, <laughs> how about a good Ian White? Can I give you that? <laughs> okay. He is he is best from his own blue line out. Yep. Right, and, and so if you can sort of minimize the damage in, but those are bad decisions, right? Where anybody who's played any kind of shortstop in baseball knows, you, you got to just get down and block that puck. Nobody behind you. That's a game where you're up three one. You go on the power play and you have the second ranked power play in the league and you go, we're going to fucking dust these guys. 4-1, we're going to score on this. 10 minutes left to go on the third. And it's done. No, instead you give up the shorty and then everybody's like, it's the fire drill. Man, you just, everybody's running around. Well, and, and again, like to a putrid Chicago team that has no terrible. business coming back from anything, right? Because the, the line of, it's Domi and, and Kane. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, but all I'm saying is. And Sam Lafferty or something. Like was that Lafferty guy? So he scored the shorty. Yeah. He now leads the league in shorthanded goals. I know. He was so, also apparently a Leaf uh, target. So, but th- this is, so Lafferty scores the one goal in regulation. Kane scores the other two. Yeah. 
there's really one shorthanded by Lafferty and the other two even strength by Kane. There's like literally two people <laughs> on the ice you need to worry about. And you cough the puck up to those two people in those three key moments and in a crapshoot and overtime, you lose that game. Yeah. Fire the coach. Sorry, DJ. Take Capuano and Davis with you. And really, <laughs> after you know Dorian's presser last week, I'd never need to hear that guy. Never. When asked directly about Debrinket, and you go, we're very happy with him. He leads the league in, in goal post hit, and you're like, walk, <laughs> walk. Like that is the, you're an idiot fan base alarm going off, right? <laughs> Anybody who watches it goes, it's been an underwhelming season for a guy who you're going to have to qualify at $9 million. Do not try to dress that pig up as your prom date. Like, honestly, put a little lipstick on it, slap a dress on it, we're good to go, baby. Uh, we're back to oil and pigs or greased pigs. Yeah, or well, we're going we're gonna to wrap this whole thing we'll come up. Come full circle, man. Anyways, where, where we really need to go with this, Matt, is I haven't checked after, after the fifth goal, but Stutzla has another three points today, goal and two assists. How long before that 8.3 million looks like a bargain moving forward for him? Your opinion as a nonsense fan. Well, three points today. Do we know what that puts him at? Can you give me a little context for Six, the season? 60 points, I think. Okay. 50. So better games. than a point a game. Yep. Yeah. Well, if you have a center, you know how I feel. I, I build my teams. I always think of centers first. If you have a number one center who's going to go more than a point a game most years, which this is the first year I guess he's doing it, but everyone. Just turned 21. There is growth happening there in a big way. If you have locked up a legit number one point a game or better center to eight point three starts next year, right to eight point three million dollars, then yeah, it's that absolutely that's a bargain, right? This is we've talked about it before on the show the the gamble that teams and players are taking. Like we'll sign you up earlier and hope that you grow past this deal, whereas the player has at least the comfort of knowing if I don't, I at least have this in my back pocket. It sure looks over the last several weeks, six, eight, ten weeks anyway, that Stutzla has turned that corner, right? Become that guy. And it it sounds shitty to say, but like maybe Josh Norris's injury was a pretty bad thing to happen to the Senators, but it's actually, opened the door for Tim Stutzla to really take that next step, right? It's actually Colin White's injury <laughs> last year, right? Where they're like, because he was playing the wing. That's true, if yeah. If you remember, right? Yeah. White went out and they're like, mm, I guess we now have to move him to the middle. Right. Right. And they said, oh, it's a plan all along, but we got to do it now. And right. you're like, oh. And then he finished his last 30 games of the year at center as a point of game guy, 30 points. Which he'd always been coming up a center. <laughs> and they'd had to, and it, that happens often, right? When you come into of the course, league, they move course. young centers onto the wing. At Mannheim, he played on the wing, but, okay. he's, but he's 17. Yeah. In a men's league. Playing in a men's league. Yeah. To me, uh, at 8.3, if this is what he is, if he finishes this year a point a game and that's what he is moving forward, then 8.3 for anyone's number one center is, at this point, great value. Great value. Uh, if he ends the year with less than 90 points. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be surprised. Yeah. I'll pay $8.3 million for a center. It gets me 90 points. That's, that's good value for me, man. All right. Well, then 
then there we go. There's no there's no further conversation here. <laughs> I just was interested. I'm right? surprised how quickly he's arrived there. He looked like one of those guys who probably could get here, but was maybe going to be a bit more of a project than that. Like it might take four or five years before he's a, a point of game kind of guy, and he's arrived there already on an underwhelming team. Like he's yeah, but he, to, he the top six is largely fine in Ottawa, right? Well, and, and to me, if you look at what's what's top line, Matthew Joseph, that's helping him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But see, I, I think Kachuk had another goal and two assists tonight as well. Right. right. He's upwards around sixty points as well. To me, those two, a little bit of thunder and lightning. It's it's a nice combo. Those two on that top line. Yeah, a little. It's diversified, right? The skill, uh, the skill sets. Up there. They both bring a little something different, and and again, we've talked about. I think it, it was Giroux that was going to play with them today. Oh, see, I didn't see that. Like I said, I believe that's what I saw. In the there's no Wi-Fi right? in Belleville. There's no nothing. <laughs> right? It's really it's the dark ages there still. So, yeah. but to me, that is one of those things where you go moving forward. I don't know what's going to happen on on the other side, but that is a great sort of anchor spot on your on your top line. We've referenced Patrick Kane a couple times. Have we? Yeah, I thought maybe just a little bit more before we get out of here because there was some talk there at the early part of last week that he was unhappy that the Rangers had gone out and got Tarasenko as I think a lot of the insiders had sort of suggested that was maybe the spot that if Kane was willing to waive his no trade clause, it would be to go to the Rangers. And later in the week, you can take this with a grain of salt. I certainly did. Carlo Koliakovo reported CC. that now that New York was off the board, Toronto and I think he said Edmonton would be the two places that uh, Kane would be most interested in going. And now Toronto has gone ahead and made the O'Reilly deal and almost certainly taken themselves, if they ever had any interest in Kane, uh, out of the running for that. And he's sort of, after the New York one, after Tarasenko went there, he wasn't really shy. Like he kind of said in an interview, like, yeah, that, you know, that was, I, I think he said disappointing or, or the, the term that he used was that that was a place he was willing to go. And there's a part of me that's just sort of like, fuck you, right? Like <laughs> the the insiders have been reporting for a while that in a couple weeks, he'll let the team know if he's willing to leave and if so, which teams he might be willing. You don't get to sit around for weeks at a time and say, I might be traded, I might be willing to go, and if I do, here's what... And then be upset when the other teams go, oh, fuck, I'm not waiting around for this shit just to find out I'm not on your list anyway. And you can hardly fucking skate right now. You're playing terribly on a terrible team. Uh, it sounds like he obviously played reasonably well in Ottawa, but in Toronto and Montreal, nope, right? Like totally invisible, just completely floating. And Ottawa enabled him. Thanks. Okay. Well, like you would think if you were interested in going to Toronto, and that's one very, uh, the report there, <laughs> like the person reporting that that's it, you can take that with it, like I said, for real or, or for not, but if you were interested in getting traded to anyone, you'd think you'd be showing better. And certainly if you wanted to go to Toronto, you'd put in a bit of an effort in Toronto and, and let them see what you are still capable of. That guy's hurt. He's clearly hurt. He yeah. doesn't want to, I guess, just sit out the rest of the year or go get the surgery. Now his hip is clearly fucked. And I, I'm sort of finding myself lacking sympathy for one Patrick Kane for, 
Oh, all my options are disappearing. Yeah, well, you- All the options I want. Yes. Yeah. He's not a sympathetic character. He's not at any, in any way, no. There's never been a point where people went, oh. No, there's a lot game. of things following that guy around yeah. that he's brought and, on himself. And brought on himself, yeah. right? And so- to me, the one the one moment was I don't know maybe four years ago, three years ago at Worlds, he went over to a fairly underwhelming Team USA and 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 played very well, right? Like he sort of took a, a mentorship, yeah, a leadership role, and it's really the first time anybody had an opportunity to look at him and go, "All right, that's that's nice." It's 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 it shows a look little at you. it shows a little give back, right? As opposed yeah. to just just taking, and so. Yeah, to hear him say, as candid as it is and as abnormal as it is to hear an NHL player go, yeah, I kind of looked at that Ranger position as being a real su- nice spot for me to land. Yeah. It was odd. And then then as soon as they made that Tarasenko deal, I was disappointed. Yeah. And you're like, wait, wait, Tarasenko plays for the Blues, Rangers acquired him, you're a Blackhawk. Seems odd that you're... <laughs> That you're commenting at all yep. on, this, on on this two sort of, teams that aren't yours that aren't yours <laughs> and, you're, and you're openly sort of campaigning, yeah, and then disappointed when the campaign turns sour and you're like, that was my spot because we talked on this podcast two three years ago, going, yeah, Western New York guy, the Rangers, right? That we looked at that as, yeah. Kind natural of fit. A natural exit strategy for him. Reunite him with Panarin. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And so when you look now, instead it's, you got Panarin now and with Rangers. Reunited with Tarasenko. Yeah. right? That whole Buffalo Worlds. And sure. If they could only get Kuznetsov over there, it would, man, man it would be, it'd be magic. Uh, Dave Cameron would love that. Playing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it was super odd. Um, I, I, it's it's one of those things where you want to find it refreshing, but instead you go, seems- He just a, came off to me as an entitled douche. I was going to say, it's a bit of a douche move, that was, right? That was my spot. And it, to me, for weeks- Hey, long, I, wa- long, I want to go to Broadway. Right. Long before- the, <laughs> Who doesn't? See, Bruce. Uh, long before this trade, like I said, LeBron was reporting and and that we're expecting somewhere within the next two to three weeks, he will let the- Blackhawks know what yeah. his plans are, and then the Blackhawks will inform other teams who might be on his list. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, we're not. And, wait, the league's not waiting around on you, and for you to then turn around and say, "Yeah, well, I was disappointed. I thought that Rangers spot might be well. Probably didn't need to make everybody wait." And maybe the Rangers looked at it and went, "I'll take a slightly devalued yep. Tarasenko, hundred percent, over what you're offering right now because I'm not seeing a great deal." He's going to end up back in Chicago next year, I think. Well, and he's comfortable there, get his surgery, play a bit, even while they're still dog shit next year. And th- what Chicago gets out of it, hopefully, is the ability to trade him next trade. I don't think he's going anywhere this that year. That guy's got to be 32, 33. Like, how old is that guy now? That's got 07, 08 Yeah, 07 draft. draft. Man, that's 16. You're right. He's in his, he's going to be 34. Yep. And so you look at it and go. But he, he again, 90 points Chicago. last year. Yeah. Well, there's. There's no denying. He can't be the guy anymore, but he can still be a part of a good team. Well, you're one year removed from being a 90-point guy. Yeah. You can be the guy. Sure, I, I guess. But You clean up the hip. I'm just saying that guy's, you put him someplace with a little more talent. Yeah. Maybe with Alex Dabrinkit somewhere. 
But that's all. Buffalo. Yeah, all I'm saying is that that you're looking at eerie otters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it it just comes down to he still has a lot. I think it's, so. It's yeah. not like Jonathan Taves, right? Where you look at the of the two of them, who is who? Is oh the, yeah, but I think right now Chicago and Kane have to be looking at this, going okay. We're not going to get, if you're the Blackhawks, anywhere close to what we thought we would based right. on the season he's had and the injury. We have that come back on a one-year deal. Right. And Kane is looking at this going, okay, the places I most wanted to go are gone. I'll go get the surgery, see how the summer goes, come back and play next year, and we'll do the trade next year. Right. And Chicago still gets what they want. He gets to stay in Chicago for another year. And like you said, if everything goes the way it should with the surgery next year, he bounces back and maybe has a 70 point season. You still very much want that guy at the deadline or. or so what do you think about, what do you think about Dallas or Los Angeles as destinations? I don't think he's going anywhere this year. I, no, I think. I, yeah. You've, you've, you've very clearly stated okay. that, but I'm just saying you, you, I, I took that as you were coming at that angle as a, as an angle of he is devalued. Yeah. You're not going to get what we want, but so him just saying. If I could go to the Kings, because to me that that Pacific Division, yeah, pretty wide it's open, pretty soft. You are talking about a, a Western Conference leading, or if not in the top two spots in Dallas. Yeah, Dallas would be interesting. Like what he might Vegas be able to do. Tops in, in but and Vegas has lots of cap space now with Mark Stone apparently done. Yeah. Right? Okay, so throw them in the ring. Yeah, West uh, Vegas likes to make splash, so I could maybe see that. Uh, but I think he might fit better. In Dallas, like yeah. adding that guy to that power play, yeah. setting up Jason Robertson, like I think that could be interesting. But I just don't think they'll do it. I, I just think both parties will look at it and go, yeah, it's not worth it this year. And okay, uh, to me, I'll be interested in 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 what that looks like. And and those are the three teams. You, yeah, I, I agree with you on the Vegas front with the Stone out. Yeah, and man, what a bummer on that guy, right? Because to, to me, second back surgery that is yeah, it's getting dicey now. It is indeed, right? That that's a guy who's already was, whose skating was adequate. Yep. Right? But super smart, super smart. Now you're, you're going to really downgrade him physically even that much more. And he's got what, four or five yeah. more years yep. at a nice hefty, <laughs> now he's going to get paid, but in terms of, yeah, as you said, Vegas, that's 9.5 million. Off the cap. Off the they cap. They got space. Maybe there's your team on my early And so spot. they're saying, Bruce Cassidy was saying, yeah, they're looking at, uh, if, you know, Stone could be ready. Yeah. Somewhere into the playoffs. Okay. That's, but to me, that's. Well, that's, suddenly Eichel, after a reasonably nice start, is off a cliff. Maybe part of that is Stone gone, right? I, I don't know who that was helping him out. Oh, uh, well, he distributes so well. I, I, that Vegas team, despite leading a pretty weak uh, Pacific Division, they're not scaring me right now. <laughs> like, well, in the goaltending, yeah, Logan Thompson now down too. Oh, yep. Cam Talbot. There you go, ma'am. Could be. Hey, and just before we check out of here, mm-hmm. so my breakaway IPA, I said was from Brothers. I don't know what I, I was obviously. I was fighting chairs. Yeah, I got stuff going I, on. It, over it here. was it was pre-show <laughs> beverages. It's actually from Bicycle Brewing. Oh, okay. Not brothers, but both out of Guelph. No, bicycles um, are right here in Ottawa. Ah, uh, so it's not, it's not, it's <laughs> fi- fixed gear. Okay. Fixed gear. All right. Yeah. As I'm like, I'm working my way around and yeah. I hit both breweries in the same day, brothers and fixed gear. Right. So, but fixed gear is all, they have Peloton, they have, Okay. it's a bunch of different sort of bike themed 
So this is breakaway IPA from Fixed Gear to Guelph. And not bad. It grew on me, right? Better than a better than a can. Yeah, you weren't too high on it at the hop or right off the hop, but grew on you better. It, it has yeah. grown on me and, and it's not a bad it's not a bad beverage. I think that's it, man. That's all I got. We have we have meandered, right? There has been a we've touched on a pile of stuff yeah. here. Hundred percent. It's nice on a Sunday though. Especially with another uh another day out in front of everybody. Uh, take this out on your holiday Monday, enjoy it and Coffee with a little Bailey's in it on a on a family day. Yeah. Unless you're not family in Ontario. Day. Yeah. Yeah. What an authentic, real holiday. That... Do, do you care? Do you no, care about that? fuck no. Just make it another civic holiday. Like it is not, like why does it have to have a name or a theme or what? It's such bullshit. Well, and it's funny. The first, the first year we, we had it, I don't know, it's maybe. 10, 15 years old now. Yeah. It's, I'm thinking it's nine, okay. 10 or 11, whatever it is. The years. And I made a big snow fort <laughs> with my kids, right? We went out and we did this sort of family, family. thing, right? And then ever S- since then, it's sort of been a bit of a, yeah. to take the day off, man. Although brother-in-law has to work, he works for the feds. They don't okay. get they don't I thought get the government off. was the only people that did actually get it off. So. But, but not federals. No, okay. So provincial- and municipal, yep. that's right here. I'm going to yeah. throw my shoulder out, slapping myself on you. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Uh, don't forget, Wednesday morning, Arden Swelling from Sportsnet will be here. We'll be talking Blue Jays. Love it. And then, uh, yeah, Thursday morning, Claire Hanna. So big week. Good week on the Talk and Audio Podcast. Uh, Make sure Starting with us. Yeah, of course. So it's obviously a good week. Starting with a holiday Monday is why it's obviously yeah, clearly. <laughs> All right, we'll get out of here on that. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're hearing us and uh, give us a follow on social media at Talk and Audio for Rob. My name's Matt. We'll see you next time. See ya. Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. The hell is that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy? <laughs>